0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to
1: Shit Your Shrink Thanks.
0: Baby, you know that I miss you. I wanna get with you, but I can't, baby girl, so. Shit, it closed. <laughs> 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 It was No, it was going good. Wait. But I cannot, baby girl, and that's the issue. Girl, you know I miss you. I just want to kiss you. But I can't right now, so baby, kiss me through the phone. Kiss me through the phone. See you later on. Later on. I had it already. I was doing so good. And then it just closed. I hey, didn't I wasn't even looking at it that long. It was just, it was just. It took me to hype myself up to rap. Oh, man.
1: I know. We worked so hard to hype ourselves up for this song. And then the lyrics closed on us. Damn
0: it. <sighs> technology! Oh, no. This show. <laughs> this is a podcast called Shit Your Shrink Things. This is two shrinks. We're attempting to serenade you with a song about our topic today, which is some version of technology and mental health. Technically, it's artificial intelligence right. and mental health. But we yeah. went with Kiss Me Through the Phone <laughs> by Soldier Boy because that was what... That's what popped in our head. We went with it. That's what happened in our minds. This is a show where, like I said, we try to give you fun mental health packs, serenade you, and tell you about what we tried in the previous week for our own mental health to see if it worked or not. But it's more often than not a shit show. So we're doing our best. (laughs) Welcome to the party, everyone. How are you? Uh, yeah, so
1: we also like to do a what's good segment on this podcast mm-hmm. where we share a story or just a general something that's uplifting and good. So, Sunny, what is your what's good for this week?
0: I think my what's good this week is that I got a bunch of free furniture to furnish my entire office. <laughs> what? Hey, yeah, free furniture is a bomb. Yeah, I'm making it like the bee's knees in there. So I have a little foot massage from Amazon at the bottom. I got a, a recliner for free, a rug for free, a painting for free. One of my friends was moving. And so I just, I went hog wild. Like, and I can't, I have a deep, deep problem spending money on things that already exists in the world and might be free from somebody else. I must, I, I it's like, I can, I have a mental block <laughs> about it's like garage sales are my thing. I really like thrift stores. I really mm-hmm. like upcycling stuff. It's a big, it began as being a cheapskate. Now it's like a waste, not want, not thing. And so I have gotten so many fun things from this friend of mine who is moving away and I am just thrilled. It's like this deep blue recliner and is super comfortable, Ooh. and it spins around, and I can just <gasps> rock back and forth. Like it's like a swivel rocker. It's a swivel rocker, Damn. my dear. Totally free. Those are like a thousand dollars sometimes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I ordered one, and I'm still waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I I got one, and so did I have to pick it up onto my own body. Yes. Is my body very small and probably not capable of doing things like that? Yes. But did I act like the trunchbull and pretend that I could shot pit (laughs) this recliner into the moving truck? Yes, I also did do that. Is my back a little bit effed? Also, yes. Maybe a little. (laughs) But I got the recliner. I got the rug. And it's all like, so my favorite combination of colors is like a uh, teal, purple, bright pink and like yellow. Those like Ooh, some version mm-hmm. of those colors to me looks really fun and I like to have a lot of color in my spaces in my office, lots of art and stuff like that and these all just match my color scheme. So, I'm just perfect in the zone over here. So, that's my first what's good. I dig it. You have a second one? Yeah, mm-hmm. I have a second one too. So, it's actually you letting me give up last week. <laughs> So I went to record the podcast last week and I was just, or like two weeks ago, I can't remember, but I was just not feeling it at all. I had had the worst week, but I was going to power through. I just like might or might not have started crying when I got on the video with Michaela. I was like, I can do it. I can definitely do it. And she was like, maybe you can't do it. Why don't yeah, we I was just like maybe give we up? just
1: take a break? Yeah, yeah. That's
0: we're we're okay. Yeah. I just had like a really shitty week like immediately before. So it wasn't anything to do with the podcast. It was just like that minute before. Yeah. And uh shit just kind of exploded in your face right before you yeah. um, got in, in your closet. In me, <laughs> I do record in a closet. In my closet. Mm. And uh yeah, so it just exploded in my face and Michaela let me give up. And I went and I licked my wounds and during giving up, I was able to resolve a lot of things that were going on that I just need to take care of. And I just like, I'm team giving up for temporary purposes, actually. Like, I think that just kind of throwing your hands up and be like, today's just going to be shitty. I'm just going to roll with that and tomorrow Mm -hmm. I'll do some skills. That's actually sometimes healthy. So that's another what's good.
1: I like that. Yeah. Sometimes we just can't. And the best thing to do is validate that we just can. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It feels good. It feels a little good sometimes to like wallow just for a minute. It doesn't have to be long. Yeah. No. What about you? What is your what's good this week?
1: My what's good is a story. Tell me. So this goes back to high school days. Mm -hmm. and. If my memory serves me well, hopefully I can rehash some of this. I was going to verify with another classmate some things, but I didn't end up doing that. So we're just going to go with what my memory serves me.
0: So my bad if I get some of this wrong. I hope this person listens and is like, none of that happened. Yeah, that's right. They're going to be like, dude, you missed this and this. This is all fuckered up. That's okay.
1: (laughs) So we were in a class. I believe this was our senior year. Mm Mm-hmm. And we were supposed to basically make a tiny little documentary about our football coach. Okay. Because, you know, small town football coach is God.
0: Yeah, obviously.
1: Anyway, and he had had like an amazing winning record or whatever. So good okay. on you, coach. So each of us were supposed to like partner up. We kind of got split up to do small recordings with different people to interview them about stuff. And we'd all kind of gotten that together and done, but we'd never actually like put the project together to present it. And the day it was due, we were all honestly thinking this guy, like our teacher was going to be like, eh, whatever. Like he didn't (laughs) think he was going to actually like hold us to (laughs) like finishing the project. But the day it was due, we didn't have it. And he was super pissed. And he was like, if every day you don't turn this in, you're going to have like 25% off your, like, I don't remember the percentage, but it was a lot Basically, every day you're late on this, your grades are going to drop that much on this project. Dang! And me and the other people who were like super anal about our grades (laughs) were like freaking out. We're like, oh, shit, we got to get this done. Mm -hmm. And again, being a small town, we're all involved in act after school activities so like mm-hmm. we had like track practice and shit to do mm-hmm. before we could work on this thing mm-hmm. so we all decided that we were going to gather together at uh one of the guys's houses his mm-hmm. dad was gone i don't know where his dad was i have no idea but mm-hmm. it was, so <laughs> all of us gather at this kid's
0: house this is like stranger things where you're like where are the parents right now like (laughs) like what is going on though
1: like i don't know where his dad was Uh, it was and he wasn't there because we pulled an all-nighter and his dad never came home i don't anyway
0: (laughs) (laughs) this is the real mystery where is this guy's dad though okay yeah
1: anyway so we all we all got together after track practice or at least most of us did and there was probably about five of us who actually did the work Uh uh-huh uh, of trying to mush things together and that meant we also had to do like some like audio recordings to like put the shit together and again at the end of it we had to credit the entire class you okay. know because it was a whole class project uh-huh. and I do remember before we went in that morning like like this guys that we were at that his house was right across from the teacher's house so like mm-hmm. that morning the teacher was leaving for work and we all came out into the like road like hey we gotta done. <laughs> And I remember, like, I was, like, so tired that I was, like, hysterical laughing at one point <laughs> during the night. Like, I... <laughs> But anyway, so we got it together. We, we ended up having an okay project. It was a really weird documentary that we created. But at the end of our documentary, me and the other high achiever made the credits. Mm-hmm. And we basically listed us who actually did stuff at the top – as like director and you know producer manager producer (laughs) yeah and then we had like costumes you know when there was no costumes for people (laughs) who like weren't there and didn't do shit (laughs) Uh, so we like labeled them as like doing these weird things that weren't
0: relevant makeup (laughs) yeah exactly makeup costumes financial Uh, planner
1: (laughs) yeah and I've decided I want my casket bearers to be everyone I ever did a group project with so they can let me down one last time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is the most Midwestern, shady, <laughs> passive aggressive. <laughs> I, You know what, though? Can I just validate for you? As a high achiever, group projects are absolute hell. They are absolute hell. I I think you might be one of the only people I've worked with where I'm like, okay, this is fine. And I don't feel like I'm in hell right now because, I mean, it is just, I don't know if it's that when you're a high achiever, other people know you'll do it. So then they just back off. I'm not sure what it is, but it is a nightmare. And when they told you in class, when they were like, yeah, this is how it is in the real world. You're going to have to get used to this. They are correct. They are absolutely correct. Like, it is still like that. When you go into the world and you work somewhere, there, you will still be. It's an infinite loop of group projects. I, I would, no, downvote zero out of five stars. Do not recommend.
1: Right. Yeah. No, do not, do not recommend. (laughs) I mean, it ended up being a really weird modgepodge that was. I mean, I kind of wish I could find it because I think it would make me laugh.
0: I'd watch that. (laughs) My favorite part is the teacher coming out of his house and seeing you all emerge from the southern house. And we were like crazed.
1: I mean, we had been up all night. There was not a wink of sleep, not even a second.
0: Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, that's the best part.
1: Fueled on like adrenaline and, I don't know, hatred of low grades. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> adrenaline
0: and perfectionism—a powerful combo. Uh, so, speaking of adrenaline and perfectionism, what did you try for outside of podcast experimentation?
1: Mine was to check in with clients about whether or not they're using some of the apps mm-hmm. that are supposed to help them with their tools. Mm-hmm. And I, I checked in with a couple, and honestly, most of them don't really use it. I have a yeah, I have a fair amount of like. An older Older. population, Mm -hmm. and they just aren't interested in apps anyway. So, I mean, I wasn't too surprised.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That's well, that actually kind of goes into my homework a little bit, which was to kind of like think about the categories of people that would do well with technology and mental health, particularly like AI. Yeah. And the types that I think that would do well are maybe a younger population, actually, maybe a rural population. I think mm-hmm. also maybe an underserved population. So people that, or maybe even lower income, I think these could all uh, maybe make some types of mental health care more accessible. So it's yeah, not... Yeah, that's what I was going to say, when you don't have access. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Might, might be useful. But then if it were accessible, I think people who are really into technology do well with this sort of stuff. I think people who are fluid in the use of uh, computer systems are would would do well with this, and I also actually just think uh, the more I think about it, the more I actually think that this stuff should mostly just be used to help providers. Like mm-hmm. that's that's really where I think the application is. It's like to make our jobs easier with like note taking or whatever. I think that's I mean selfishly that's where I think the money's at.
1: Dude, that would be amazing. Could you imagine if it recorded your session and then wrote your note for you, and I then would you just die. had to like read through it, and you're like, "Okay, good." I would like, die. <laughs> That's, that would solve so many
0: issues, I feel like. Yeah, I think it would, too. That's That would be amazing. I don't know how ethical or legal that is, but I would, right. I would absolutely <laughs> love that. If they could just summarize all the bullshit I said, that would be great. <laughs> so this Lovely. week, we're going to be talking about part two of artificial intelligence in mental health. And last week, we chatted about the different kinds of artificial intelligence. So that's natural language processing, which is kind of like a system that analyzes human language, machine learning. So detecting patterns, essentially, in large data sets. Sentiment analysis, so detecting emotional responses in data, let's say. Recommender mm-hmm. systems, which are things that recommend different like apps or self-help books, virtual reality, self-explanatory, and predictive analytics, where it can, combines kind of a big bolus of data and predicts what the person is going to do next. So we're going to talk a little bit about the research evidence on these areas. And there have been several research studies conducted on the use of artificial intelligence and mental health. And this is by no means an exhaustive list. It's actually a pretty big list, but we just pulled out a couple of them. So what is one of the first ones?
1: There was a 2019 study called Predicting Symptoms of Schizophrenia Spectrum Disorders Using Language Models. So this study explored the use of natural language processing and machine learning to analyze language patterns in written texts from individuals with schizophrenia. The research developed a predictive model that demonstrated high accuracy in identifying symptom severity
0: and progression. Right. I think that's pretty cool. And I could see that with things like some of the um, psychotic spectrum disorders. Yeah, there's... I was going to say, because there's such a high language connectivity. Yes. you're Yeah. Gonna, you're going to see some, like, what we call word salad. So that's, like, language that strings together, but that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Or mm-hmm. catatonia symptoms where, like, somebody has a deficit in the types of language they can produce The only downside, I I keep thinking about the downside of this, is, like, somebody's going to have to program this, and the programming is going to be based on DSM criteria. And the DSM criteria for psychotic disorders and schizophrenia right now are, like, kind of bad, honestly. So so it's like, you're going to program it based on something that already exists, but then it's, like, it's going to have the same problems that we as a therapy institution kind of have with this. So. But, you know, pros and cons. Not terrible, though. Could be helpful for the therapists involved, maybe. Yeah. Or even the medication managers. Right, right. What's another one? We also have a study here talking about using machine learning and natural language processing algorithms to automate suicide risk assessment. Now... This is a sticky, sticky, sticky subject, and yeah. you must have somebody review this. No shit. Like, when I saw the study, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so that's this re- bold. Yeah. I know. I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's a bold move, Cotton. Yeah. Yeah. So this research study, it helped focus on an AI system to automatically assess suicide risks in text-based communications. So the study demonstrated that machine learning algorithms combined with NLP natural language processing techniques could accurately identify suicidal ideation, help practitioners provide timely intervention. Here's the thing. That would be something that I would add (laughs) to something else. I would not... Ever, ever in Rely. a million years, mm-hmm. use that as a standalone intervention, especially mm-hmm. because a lot of what you're going to have is like behavioral indicators of risk, not mm-hmm. verbal indicators of risk. So yeah. that wouldn't be your solo Inter- like if somebody's giving a whole bunch of their objects away, a natural language processor wouldn't necessarily pick up on that. Notice that, yeah. yeah. If they're starting to do more reckless behaviors, it's not going to pick up on that. Yeah, or if they don't tell you they're drinking a whole bunch and they just are drinking a whole bunch, like there are all sorts of things. But sure, maybe in terms of like if this per- if they're like texting. Or if they're emailing or if they're, whatever, making, like, statements, then this could be in something to add on, an adjunctive risk identification. Sure. What else? This one I think is kind of cool. This is a
1: 2020 study called Machine Learning for Early Detection of Alzheimer's Disease, An Overview. This study reviewed various machine learning approaches applied to detect early signs of Alzheimer's disease. The research discusses the use of AI in analyzing neuroimaging data, genetic markers, and cognitive assessments to improve early diagnosis and intervention strategies. That is
0: kind of cool. That one's badass. I like that. Yeah, that one's one's pretty badass. So you need a medical professional and a therapist or a psychologist or whatever on board to, like, look over that, obviously. Right. Because, like, some people have atypical presentations of dementia. But Mm -hmm. how cool would that be to just kind of, like consolidate all of the risk factors and have something available so that you can take early intervention i think that's neat yeah
1: because that early intervention makes all the difference i mean it doesn't like stop anything but right. it can make a dramatic impact and improve the outcome yeah and increase longevity and
0: absolutely yeah. and quality of life for longer yeah. periods of time right We also have a study here, and this is kind of what I was referencing last week, about virtual reality exposure therapy for anxiety-related disorders. And this was a meta-analysis of randomized control trials. So a meta-analysis for our listeners, a lot of you know, but it's just like – it's a consolidation of all the studies that are out there to tell you what – a whole bunch of different studies. Yeah. Yeah. it, It just gives you, like, the averages of the studies. And it examined the effectiveness of virtual reality exposure therapy in treating anxiety disorders. And the study did conclude that virtual reality-based interventions were promising and that they did have comparable efficacy to traditional exposure therapy techniques. Not, um, so keep in mind, these are often, like, very tightly controlled in, like, mild mm-hmm. and moderate populations. So, but mm-hmm. it can be useful. as essentially, like, this is something that we might consider. Yeah. $100 says some VR tech company creates this new thing and then it's all over like TikTok and Instagram as like the only thing that cures PTSD and then <laughs> we as providers have to pay like hundreds of thousands of dollars to get this to and access to, it. yeah uh, provide this to patients. I like I bet you it's like yeah. 10 minutes away from happening right this minute. I'm sure.
1: I could see how I mean thinking about how you know I cannot close my eyes and really like see imagery. So I could see how, like, people who maybe even have that kind of struggle, that you could actually better engage some of this uh, exposure therapy with the VR if you can't really
0: Mm -hmm. do the
1: imagery yourself. I mean, obviously, your memories and, like, thought processes and exposing it that way is evidence-based and practical. Right. But... Yeah, I could see this being something that would aid in some of that as well.
0: Oh, absolutely. I really like that point of people who are less able to visualize. Um, mm-hmm. That would make sense. This one, this next one, I thought was interesting. This, like, continues to be my problem. Like, I just don't think AI and... Should not be with suicide. No. I just don't think, yeah, risk assessment and AI go together. But, I mean, we should at least say what we see here. So what's what yeah. was the study?
1: So this is chatbot's... Chatbots in Mental Health, A Review of the Role of Artificial Intelligence in Suicide Prevention. Mm -hmm. This review article explored the potential of chatbot technology in suicide prevention and mental health support. It highlighted the ability of AI-powered chatbots to provide immediate and accessible interventions, reduce stigma, and enhance mental health outreach. That said, this was not a clinical study, and... Like we've said, we personally have a wide variety of concerns with you using AI in place of therapy services.
0: Yeah. It's just a slippery slope. You got to be really, really careful with that. Like, this was just like an article kind of hypothesizing and chatting through possible options for why this could be cool. But I don't know, y'all. I'm, I'm like, not sold yet. I could be. No, I'm, have I have like this
1: but. Accessible intervention and reducing stigma. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to feel... Normalize from a chat box i know you know what i mean like that, i don't think that i would feel any validation from that yeah that
0: wouldn't be but my maybe personal. that's just maybe that's just because i'm like not tech savvy i don't know yeah I don't know. it wouldn't be my bag but maybe it is somebody's thing so I, yeah like, it's one of those things that i want to maintain some openness to but in its current like situation i don't feel open to it how's that <laughs> yeah yeah So these studies, this is kind of what we have for today, but these studies are only a fraction of the research in AI and mental health. It's worth noting that because it's related to technology, the field is really rapidly evolving and ongoing research is continuing to explore new AI applications and refine the existing models and kind of go through the ethical concerns. The majority of the research seems to implicate that AI is most beneficial as an adjunctive service, like in chart review or diagnosis detection. um, And it's not really a standalone intervention. That would be my thought on the matter. I don't know if that's what you're gathering. Yeah. 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 So
1: there are, as you might imagine, some significant limitations to using AI in mental health context, particularly involving the delivery of therapy. So let's talk through some of the current limitations at this time.
0: Yeah, we talked about how it can be useful. But one of the big limitations, obviously, is lack of emotional (laughs) understanding. So Mm -hmm. AI cannot truly understand emotions and empathy. That's pretty crucial in therapy and mental health support. And I think uh, an understanding of emotions really does come from nonverbal cues, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can say one thing, I'm super happy today. And like AI would read, I'm super happy today. And a therapist would say that person is being sarcastic and is mad depressed. Right. Right. So the limitation of it has to read what you write or read what you say and just the words, but not necessarily the emotion behind it and the nonverbals behind it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So it's it's a complex human experience and the limitation that I'm mentioning can hinder the effectiveness of an AI-based intervention in certain contexts. And a lot of times it's about what somebody doesn't say. Like therapy very often is about what the person's actually avoiding. And I don't know that AI (laughs) could intuit That, like, that would be really hard. I think that takes a lot of years of clinical experience. Maybe, maybe one day, you know, maybe one day, but I don't know that today is yet that day. What else? What else we got here? Well, there
1: are then ethical concerns and privacy. So mm-hmm. the use of AI in mental health raises ethical considerations and privacy concerns. Collecting and analyzing sensitive mental health data requires strict adherence to privacy regulations and safeguards to protect that individual's confidentiality. You know, HIPAA, That's
0: it's yeah, a thing. Yeah, it's um, real important to be confidential. Mental health care is like, that is one of the foundational pieces is knowing yeah. that your data is going to be kept private.
1: Right. I mean, that's the first thing you say in session one. We really go through confidentiality. Mm -hmm. So additionally, ensuring that AI systems are unbiased, transparent, and fair in their decision making is crucial to avoid potential harm and
0: discrimination. Absolutely. The next part here is like part of the problem that actually (laughs) causes people to have depression, anxiety, or like worsens a lot of symptoms that are already there is actually limited human connection. Right. Like mm-hmm. you need to touch people. You need to look at people. You need to be around people. It is yeah. part of the healing process, unfortunately, for some of it, the introverts. You don't have to have a lot of it, but you do have to have some of it. You have to have some human connection. Yeah. Yeah. We're a pack animal. Yeah. We, we are primates. We are social creatures. And human connection not only is an essential part of having mental wellness, but it's an essential aspect of therapy. I think actually yeah. just connecting with a human who witnesses you and doesn't judge you and, like, Mm -hmm. has uh, unconditional positive regard for you is just so freaking healing no matter what happens in the therapy room. And so there's, you know, with AI, there's not that interpersonal dynamic. There's not that, like, fun, like, dance of trust building Mm -hmm. where you get to kind of, like, Almost like play mentally, like a chess game that you know you're playing a little bit. It's like a little, (laughs) it's a little stimulating. You know what I mean? It's a little interesting, engaging. Uh, I think there's personalized guidance that comes from direct human interaction. And some individuals will probably find it challenging to develop therapeutic alliance with AI systems, especially when you're dealing with something complicated and long. And I know for me, I would not have rapport. So. No,
1: I would not. And I mean, I think, again, part of the therapeutic process is that engagement and recognizing, you know, sometimes it is like, oh, there are some decent humans still out there. Like, there are yes. some, like, yes. there are some humans out there that I can actually have a connection with yes. and feel heard and understood. Yes. Whereas, So that's going to wipe that away to where you're like, oh, I can only be understood by an AI.
0: Right, like, right. Right. Uh, I'm with you. I'm totally with you. Like, a huge part of it is, like, a huge part of getting a good therapist is, like, you told this person a thing. They didn't flinch. They still think you're cool. And like it's not weird. And so it's like yeah. this weird, it's a it's a modeling and corrective interpersonal experience so that you yeah. can get that foundation, kind of practice on your therapist. It's like a social practice so that you can like mess up in front of them, do all the weird things, say all the weird things, and then get back out into the world like a little more. <laughs> You're more your healthier self or your more refined self and know that people will accept you and like you. And so right. like, yeah. You're th- taking
1: off your mask in front of this other person and yeah. they're like, Yeah, I dig that person behind that mask, let's just keep that mask down. Yes. And so if you have an AI, that's not helping you learn how
0: to take that mask down in front of other people. Yeah. It's not what we're basically referencing is like exposure therapy, a version of exposure. (laughs) And so it's like you're not able to, you're not actually able to do exposure therapy if there's like not another person. Honestly, like some aspect of exposure therapy goes away, essentially.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: What else is a problem? And we've talked about this a little
1: (laughs) Right. I was gonna say we've we've noted this a few, but the risk of misdiagnosing or just inaccuracy, mm. you know AI models heavily rely on quality reports of the data they are trained on. Yeah. So if the training data is biased and incomplete or just not a good representation of certain population, then the AI system may provide inaccurate assessments or recommendations. It might de- misdiagnose or just in- give inappropriate treatment suggestions. Yeah. You know, it can have some negative consequences for individuals seeking mental health support if they get all this misinformation. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and that was kind of, like, what we talked about again. It's, like, who's programming this and what are they programming it based on? It's, like, right. well, and that changes so much, right? So, like, there's going to be a DSM, what are we, on 5? So there will be a DSM 6, like, I don't know, in 20 minutes from now. So you are going to have to redo all this shit, and we're making it up anyway. So <laughs> good luck. <laughs> uh, I think, too, there's a potential over-reliance on AI. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think... You really need to, as a mental health practitioner, refine your skills without the use of this on some Mm -hmm. level and only use this like 10 or 20% of the time. And then... You may find that increasing use is okay, but you really do need to do it the hard way to know why and how you make diagnoses and why and how you make recommendations of what you do in therapy. There's no real easy way to learn to be a therapist, a physician, a physical therapist, a dietitian. There's no real easy way to learn how to be a provider. And I don't want my provider taking shortcuts, so I certainly would not Mm. take a shortcut, personally. Like, I just wouldn't... It's, it's not good modeling. Yeah, it's not good <laughs> modeling. It's not good modeling. So like, I don't think all of it's a shortcut. You just want to be careful with over-reliance is all.
1: Yeah. So another issue is limited generalizability. So AI models developed and trained in one context or population may not generalize well with other populations or cultural contexts. So again, we have the cultural, social, and individual differences that may influence the effectiveness and appropriate of AI-based interventions. So careful consideration should be given to the cultural, contextual relevance of AI
0: systems in mental health applications. That's so funny because I was just actually talking to a client about that this this week. So let's say this person is from the East Coast and they're dating somebody now from, let's call it, the Midwest. And (laughs) this client was saying like, This is this a phrase? Is this a way of communicating? Like, they never say they have a problem. They never complain about anything. They always just make jokes and kind of are sarcastic and self-deprecating. Like, that style of communication to my client was so different than kind of, like, a more direct, Mm. like, clear-cut, like, sometimes borderline aggro style of interacting, <laughs> which actually just like for that person feels very efficient. Whereas like the Midwestern style might be more like, hey, we got to kind of beat around this push a little bit and I want you to notice this first. And I just thought that was so interesting how the same language between a Midwesterner, a Californian, and somebody from New York, the same sentence would literally mean different things. Yeah, Like if I said, Yeah, I'm all right. As a Midwesterner, what I mean is, I'm not okay. (laughs) Right, yeah. That means that shit is terrible. (laughs) Yeah, I'm all right. I'll live. As a Midwesterner, that's, like, you are not okay. You're dying. As a New Yorker, it's like, yeah, I'm all right. I'm okay. It's like, no, for real. Like, I'm all right. I'm all right. Like, just keep it moving. I'm fine. Let's go. You know, everybody's fucked. Let's just keep it moving. That kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, And, like a Californian might be much more like, yeah, I'm all right. I'm okay. Like they're kind of like processing out while they're talking to you about being all right and okay. And they, they mean it, man. Right? Like this could be two, (laughs) two or three totally different styles of communicating. Now, obviously these are stereotypes, right? But the, the point is just to illustrate that the same sentence when used in AI. Again, it's the intonations,
1: it's Mm -hmm. the cultural backgrounds, Mm -hmm. it's It's all those subtleties that you have to decipher that AI just can't do.
0: Yes, absolutely. And, you know, New Yorkers and Californians know I love you. Hopefully that wasn't too mean. I don't think it was. (laughs) No, I don't think it was. I mean, yeah, it,
1: it, it those kind of things were obviously an overgeneralization yes. of how people communicate in those areas. But, exactly.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So you just want to and bear in mind that I've spent extensive time in both of the, well, East Coast, not New York, but both of these locations. So I, I have seen, I have have seen the peoples. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I've seen the peoples and I love the peoples. It's really funny. I just, side so note, even being a therapist in these different cultural contexts, like when I was working on the East Coast, it's you, you just get to the point. You just get right to the point in therapy. It's kind of nice. It, like, actually matches my style. I mean,
1: I could see that. They're so, like, you know, yep. just on it. Going to next thing and the next... Like, they have get so to, the point. to do. I got stuff to get do. Get to the point.
0: Exactly. I have stuff to do. Just do it. Yeah. I actually kind of like that, to be perfectly honest. I thought that was fun. Um, working in the Midwest, you've got to, like, do some... you got to do a little hemming and hawing first, and, like, get to know each other and talk about the weather and stuff. Like, it's, like, this whole process of can I trust you and is this okay And then Californians actually have had, or, like, let's call it West Coast, I've had much more experience in that practice setting with people being, like, really aware of mental health and already Mm -hmm. having tried, like, a basic level of stuff. So you got to really come prepared with, like, extra level of chops and kind of almost, like, non-traditional skills because folks have usually been exposed on some level. They're like, I've already tried some of this shit, so now what can I do? Yeah. It's just, like, really interesting to notice the different types, so... For what that's where it is anyway. Yeah. So that's our that's a little discussion on artificial intelligence and mental health. What are we gonna try for outside of podcast experimentation? I can't do another AI one, so we're gonna have to pick something else because I have not no clue. Awesome, cool. Because I was like,
1: f like I <laughs> I like BS the last one. Yeah, like you're <laughs> like, oh, I did
0: bullshit. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, it's been. Uh, I'm gonna go back to maybe a meditation it's been a hot minute since I have given myself that kind of time Mm -hmm. I've I've really dropped the ball on some of those skills that I was like really working hard on and Mm -hmm. made some progress and Mm -hmm. then it's all just crumbled I'm gonna go and try to at least just god even just meditate once would be something I know that that no 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 no. that's great
0: that's perfect (laughs) I think that's lovely that's that's gonna be my homework how about you um, my homework is to just keep working on my physical health, honestly. Like if I Fair. can't get this body to survive, I mean, I am in a place in time where if we were on the Oregon Trail and we were playing that video game, I would be the first to die of dysentery. Like you know, it's like Sunny died when she <laughs> nah, tried to ford nah, the river. Nah. <laughs> Like, I'm not we, – we need to get me way better before I'm, like, moving on to another level of skill right now. So I'm just going to work on the foundations and move from there. Hopefully that's okay for the audience. I think some of us, we just, like, we need to focus on our physical health first before we're trying to get too fancy. Like, oh, cognitive yeah. restructuring and trying to, like, be positive is not going to work when you have, like, I don't know – like chronic IBS or something. If you're pooping your right. pants every day, you got to focus on that, right? I'm not saying I'm pooping my pants every day. But, <laughs> <laughs> but if I were, <laughs> that would be right. something. You have to resolve that first. <laughs> okay, yeah. so do you have a joke for me today? I do,
1: but it's not relevant to technology or AI. Perfect, who cares? Okay. Me. The storm blew off three quarters of our roof last night. Mm-hmm. my friend oof
0: <laughs> yeah pretty much Get
1: it? I, Car- like it. Oh, I, I like it i like it yeah i no, mean that's it's... really stupid i'm sorry no
0: <laughs> i i like it you just gotta add you just sprinkle the really dad jokes in there from time to time i've got one that's actually kind of pretty pretty stomach turning like that okay are awesome. you ready yes so you know, when you're using technology, you really have to make sure that you use a strong computer password. So don't use beef stew as a password. It's not strong enough. Oh,
1: <laughs> oh man! I had like quite the questionable look. Like beef stew.
0: What the? F- <laughs> Uh, side note, I love stroganoff. Anyway, <laughs> that's our <laughs> podcast today. Uh, remember to rate, review, subscribe, follow us, share us with a friend. Yay. This will help us get more visibility. And also, if you're interested in any kind of tip, then we do have a tip jar at www.patreon.com forward slash shityourshrinkthinks. And we would so appreciate it, obviously. Yes. we love it. We will plan to see you next week, your shrink thinkers.